Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. Two men. The Chargers are not walking away from an injured player. They're walking away from their start. One storied NFL franchise. In the 30s, early 30s, there are three teams that dominated the league. New York Giants, Green Bay Packers, and the Bears. Nobody could come close to it. This, this is their podcast. This is the home of football. This is where it started. It's the Hogan Johns Podcast. Podcast. From WGN Radio, it's Adam Hogue. You guys ready? And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Let's get this thing going. It's just so dramatic. I feel like we just entered our own 30 for 30. (laughs) Kind of sounds that way, doesn't it? Give us 10 years. We need a little drama. Before we do a 30 for 30 on the podcast. The the inter-dynamics of a podcast, of a Bears podcast. Well, I felt some drama today already. You put out a mock draft anytime. There's drama. Yes. Yes. (laughs) How dare you? Mock a draft. Right. So I'll mock your picks. So now they are mocking mocking the mock. Yes. Yes. Basically. What's going on there? Uh, welcome in. This is Hogan Johns. Post-combine episode and plenty of content to discuss for you today. Uh, first, though, I need to remind everybody that this uh, long-awaited climb up the stairs thing that we've been talking about for months is happening this Sunday. Adam Johns is not ready at all. <laughs> I have a no. St. Patrick's party the night before. So if I'm there, if I happen to make it, I may only do one flight of stairs or one building. We'll see. Yeah. Um, you might be in trouble. Yes. And you do realize if you only make it up one of the four towers, you will never live that down. I just. Well, you have to th- think about the entire context of my situation. <laughs> the context is that you have to go to a party. Yes, the night before. And that's more important than charity. For me, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, yes. That party's for charity. I don't know if I want to leave that. Okay, f- fair enough. Um, but <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. I'm kidding. Uh, this episode of the Hogan Johns podcast is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Fight for Air Climb presented by United Healthcare. It's happening Sunday. This Sunday, March 8th at Presidential Towers in Chicago, you can still sign up. The teams from WGN Radio and WGN TV are inviting you to be a part of the biggest stair climb in Chicago every year. These teams join forces to get together, and the Hogan Johns team is joining up this year as well. I think we're both doing the climb. Johns is starting to bail a little bit. I'll be there. On a more serious note... The combine is good preparation for such a thing. Okay. I'm glad you brought that up because when I woke up Friday morning, (laughs) I was in pain. Like I had muscles aching that I I was like, why am I, why do I hurt? It's just all the walking. Yes. Yes. I want to 40 miles. I'm not exaggerating. That convention center is enormous and you go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth so many times. You don't even realize what you're doing to your legs. 
I played basketball Friday and was hurting before the game. And so, it's the only time I've ever played where I actually felt better when I got done yes. than when I started. And you and I will pat ourselves in the back a little bit. We're not in bad shape. No. Compared to other guys in the beat. Just, you know, just saying. Right. You know, we, we keep busy. We keep active. We work out. Yeah. But still, walking around from the JW to the where we did our podcast in the middle of the in the middle of the convention center back and forth it's the back and forth really yeah and there's a lot of escalators down by the way yeah that was speaking of climbing flights of stairs why is every escalator out in the building escalators i don't know escalators were broken no no starbucks and jw starbucks lost out at least a million dollars by having the uh, the main hub starbucks of the nfl combine closed for renovation that in itself led to more walking it did. Yes, it's no longer on your way, so you have to go to the Marriott, which had the long line for the Starbucks, or the Hyatt, which I went to, but it was a little bit further. Yep. it's uh, More walking. I mean, these are first world NFL reporter <laughs> problems here. Yes, yes. yes Got to yeah. get your Starbucks. Um, anyway, so we're in shape, in conclusion, uh, and we're both going to be doing the stair climb this weekend. You can join us. Here's what you need to do. Go to the WGN Radio events page at WGNRadio.com slash events. There you'll see the Fight for Air Climb listed. You click on it. You find the button to register. You'll automatically be part of our team. Then you start training. Might be a little bit late for that, but I'm pretty sure you can do this. Again, you can do one two, three, or all, all four towers. That's up to you. If you do all four, it's 2,340 steps. I'm sure we crushed 2,340 steps every single day at the Combine last week, Johnsy. Uh, of course, they weren't all, although there were stairs because the escalators were broken. Why do we do this? Because the fight for clean air and healthy lungs belongs to all of us. The American Lung Association fight for air climb at Presidential Towers. All right. Other particulars, Adam Hogue, Adam Johns. You follow us on Twitter. You basically know where that is at this point. If you don't, sorry. I changed my picture. You did? Check it out. I missed that. It's the one of me drinking the coffee in front of the athletic sign now. Our man Kent Garrison of the Athletic took it. You like it? I'm glad that ended up on Twitter because I was wondering where it was. You're the the poster boy <laughs> for the athletic now. Now it's official. Um, if you missed our athletic episode from last week, you should be a subscriber over there. The athletic.com slash Hogan Johns, our bonus episode. We managed to do that from radio row at the combine. And we got to meet our, our guy, Kent that produces, uh, the athletic podcast for us. And he took a <laughs> look at this picture. He took this perfect picture of Johns sitting in front of the athletic sign like a banner, I should say, behind him, uh, which says the new standard of sports journalism. So you have John Z sitting there with his headset, his Starbucks coffee. I mean, this is, if you could create an athletic <laughs> reporter, this is it right here. This is yes, perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kent. Yes. I think it look, looks good. So go to at Adam I still John. look a little tired in that picture. We were tired yes. on Thursday. Dude, I needed like a full day of recovery when I got home. Oh, Yes. Yes, yes. I was going to bail on basketball, but I'm like, no. Got to push through this. Got to get a workout in. Get those legs going, yeah. Because I didn't work out at all in Indiana. See, no, I I did a little bit just to keep the legs fresh. You got to get ready for these stairs, but still, all that walking, all that talking. Let's get to it, my friend. Well, let me me say this. Look, we were were tired because I I felt like I put it. For me, that was... That was the most rewarding combine I've ever had. Yeah, yeah. I just I felt good about it. Even like Friday, my last day there. Yeah. Like you had left Thursday, waking up Friday and dragging myself to go through the circuit again. 
Great day. Really? Yes. Well, you probably had less people around. and um, Yeah, so look, there's a lot to talk about. We both had... Um, you know, pieces up at the end of the combine. You and uh, Kevin Fishbane have one up that posted this morning on the Athletic. Uh, you know, really, it, the, the best way to do this is you have all these conversations all week. You keep some notes, you keep some ideas, and then you throw it all out there at the end. And that's kind of what we both did, yes, I think. Yeah. So mine's up at WGNRadio.com. Yours is on the Athletic with Kevin Fishbane. Conclusions. Well, I think you and I both felt the. F- the same way. Like, if we wanted to, you can write five or six columns about the criticisms of Mitch Trubisky there. Yeah. Like, you could pile on and then pile on again and then throw a pile on that pile on. There was that much. Some of it was unfair. I thought some context was needed, but that's my general takeaway is just <laughs> Mitch Trubisky's really facing an uphill battle to change his narrative. And I think that's inside and outside of Hallis Hall. That was one of my biggest conclusions, I, whether it's talking about just reporters around the league, which we have a ton of conversations with reporters around the league at the Combine, but also with you know coaches I talk to and talent evaluators. There's not a lot of fans of Trubisky left anymore, and I honestly think it's snowballed way too far. It's fair. Like I, I feel like some of it is confirmation bias to what they thought of him before. Some of that is that. I do think that the Bears, in general, knowing their history, knowing they haven't been to the playoffs that much, I, I feel like that sticks with some people. Like it's almost like it's I don't how should I phrase this? It, it's they're just disrespected in many aspects. They've earned that disrespect because of all the losing they've done. But that's just how they're viewed around the league. It really is. This is talking from other teams, coaches, whatever. It it comes from agents who deal with all these teams. It's just where the Bears are. And as one coach said to me, an opposing coach said, uh, he's just never going to He's always going to be in the shadow of Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. And around the league, I think that's shaping part of the opinions, yes. too. Yes. And well, I, I, Patrick Mahomes is still such a unicorn. But you're right. He's in the same draft class. And I don't think anybody who looks at this that draft class will ever get over that fact. Right. Especially when the disparity in play is so large. But I do wonder, like, if Trubisky had been in a different class, still drafted number two overall, but just didn't have, like, MVP, Super Bowl winner picked, was it eight spots behind him? Would there be more positivity about what he could still become around the league? I I think just Chicago in itself changes the the conversation. Does but to that me, make like, sense? We, we are well aware of the angst in this city. I think that was my takeaway from Indy is I didn't realize how much of that existed elsewhere. That's what I bring up the word disrespect. I don't even yeah. know if that's the right word, but 2018 was surprising. The Bears were taken seriously again. And then they took a step back. They weren't the worst team in the league. They're not going to be the worst team in the league in 2020. There's still too much talent on that roster for that to happen. But... They are still the Bears. And I'm saying this almost metaphorically. 
they're not viewed favorably and not and, and not have been. They haven't been viewed favorably in years. They're back to where they are. They're in quarterback purgatory. They're, there's a lot of questions about them. Not just Trubisky, their offensive line, their receiving core, tight end. How many questions do you get about that position? A ton. Nobody likes Trey Burton either. A lot well, that, of question marks. Well, that was uh, one of your other takeaways. Um, in your in your piece today, I thought the the tight end situation. We the Chicago Bears. We will forever be the Chicago Bears. It's true. They are the Chicago Bears. It's true. That was Willie Young. Oh, uh, you put in your piece today that the Bears are asking around about tight ends, po- yes. potentially via trade. Yes, yes, yes. So Kevin Fishbane and I, you know, we did a lot of late nights and perusing around Indianapolis and. I don't think the market's going to suit the Bears when it comes to Austin Hooper or these other guys. Not if they want to send spend ten million bucks, fine. I don't think many around the league don't think that the Bears are willing to do that. It's a lot of money when Trey Burton is already top ten in average salary for tight ends, which is absurd, by the way. Just where they are, they only they have limited resources. We all know the salary cap is fluid, so. But ten millions, ten million bucks—it's a lot of money for an Austin Hooper. It, it really is. It's more than Travis Kelsey. It's more than Zach Ertz. George Kittle, like we wrote in the piece, is going to reset that market, but in time, in time. So hence the trade. We'll see what they can find. So you're saying that my bold prediction of trading for Zach Ertz, <laughs> which I made. You keep bringing this up. You're saying that that's going to be I, I, I feel like you're working with some inside info here <laughs> on this. The, the more you bring it up, your yeah. confidence seems to grow in this pick. Yeah. Now, he's not. Like, right now, Zach Ertz is, is going to be cheaper than an Austin Hooper or Travis Henry. Or not Travis Henry. Hunter Henry. Yeah, that would make a lot but of sense. But it sounds like Hunter Henry's not going anywhere. Yes, well, that's the franchise tag. And their franchise yeah. tag is going to be over $10 million, which is what the starting market for Austin Hooper is going to be. Mm-hmm. A lot of moving pieces here, my friend. I think Zach Ertz would be cheaper because he's got like $4 million tied up in restructuring, which I believe would stay with the Eagles in a trade, right? Um, his overall cap hit right now, $2.48 million, or twelve. Point four eight million, which is a lot, but a lot of that's in his signing and restructuring bonuses. His base salary is only six point six. The signing bonus does not come with. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. That's just I was more kidding by bringing that up again. Yeah, are you? Well, are you? I think it's a fit. It's a are you fit in the system? Uh, if you're going to trade for one, Adam Hogue, you know some things. I know you do. I know a thing or two every once in a while. Anyway, uh, you can read the rest of the takeaways from uh, Adam Johns and Kevin Fishbane on The Athletic, theathletic.com. Again, you can subscribe. I know we tell you this all the time, but some people still need to do it. It's theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns, and you get 40% off. All right. I have a mock draft we need to discuss. Before we get there, though, uh, we solicited some questions. And you know what? Actually, we'll get to the questions. I want to do the mock draft first. <laughs> well, because I got this question about your mock draft to get to. But yeah, let's exactly. Go well, that's why I think these are going to be related enough that we should just address the mock draft first. Okay. Um, so this is my second mock draft of the offseason. Second time in a row, I went with a tight end. This time I went with Cole Komet 
from Notre Dame. Not an exciting pick. I'm not the first or last to mock Cole Komet to the Bears. It makes a lot of sense in many ways. Uh, you had a little nugget in your piece that maybe he won't be available at from number 43. Right, right. Lot. Well, it's not viewed as a deep class, right. which usually puts the upper echelon people So a team might points. reach for him earlier. Yes, yes. If they feel like they need a tight end, or even if they like him, you know, he could move up. I kept hearing late first, early second. Yeah. I would not be surprised if he's off the board in the maybe 34th, 35th, 36th, 36th, like around that era. So just above the Bears' 43rd overall selection. Well, he's a big guy, 6'6", 262. Had a good combine. Uh, he's, he, he ran a great time for his size. I think it was a 4'7". Um, he... You know, he's not perfect, though. His blocking needs work. He's not necessarily sudden off the line, but he's fast enough, smooth in his route running. And, um, you know, there's a couple of little things. Like, I'd like to see him attack the ball better with his length. But that's all stuff he can fix. So I think he's just scratching the surface of his potential. Uh, Local kid from Lake Barrington, St. Viator High School. So... You know, there's a lot to like about Cole Komet there at, at that spot. And I, I do think they'd have to take him at 43. I do not think he would last till number 50. Yeah. I feel like tight ends have become a really tough evaluation for teams because you want them to do so much more. Mm-hmm. Of course, you're looking for that Travis Kelsey, but he was a third round pick. Of course, you're looking for a George Kittle, but he was a fifth round pick. Rob Gronkowski was a second round pick. OJ Howard. Was a first round pick and he hasn't nearly amounted to, to what they are. Zach Ertz was second round, yes. I believe. Yes, yeah, so you can find these guys. You can if you do it right. I, the, the 49ers shared um, video of George Kittle's workout when he was going through all the receiving drills. Okay. And like just, just watching him, like, oh, wow, this guy looks good. But now maybe that's, I was thinking, like, maybe that's because I know he's George Kittle yeah. now. Maybe that's some of it. But he did look fast. He did look. Here's a scouting word, fluid, and his, his, his hips looked fluid, and the, you know, the way he moved, you know, the way he turned and his, as you go through that gauntlet drill. His hips didn't lie. Yeah, his hips did not lie, you know? Yeah. It looked all right, but I, I feel like a lot of teams are guilty of overthinking of what these guys are, and sometimes they over-evaluate what these guys are. All right, my second, second round pick, number 50 overall. I came around on the idea of using one of these early picks on a quarterback. And I was debating between Jalen Hurts and Jake Fromm. Yeah. You helped me go over the edge here with Hurts. Because I was texting with you. I text you. I'm like, dude, I have not heard one good thing about Fromm. Well, okay. But uh, here's where I'm going to defend Fromm a little bit. Okay. That's partially because the combine was last week. The combine for these two types of quarterbacks was always going to make Jalen Hurts look good and Jake Fromm look bad. Yeah, Jake true. Fromm's strength is diagnosing, processing defenses, finding the open guy, delivering with accuracy, even though his arm's not terribly strong. So you take all that out of the combine, and you have these guys with big arms and athleticism running around, throwing the ball around. Of course, they look great in shorts. So it, that's where I was going back and forth on this, because obviously I just saw that too, and I didn't want that to bias my opinion of these two guys, knowing that, okay, stock up, stock down for one week in Indianapolis. Of course, Jalen Hurst's stock is up and Jake Fromm's is down. That that was always going to happen, yeah. though, in that setting. That being said, I the, the idea Jalen Hurts was already starting to 
to grow on me. It actually was a conversation we had on this podcast maybe like a month ago where I said something like, Jalen Hurts, eh, he's kind of like Dak Prescott. Yeah. And I, but I said that more so in terms of he's probably a guy I might want to look for in the middle rounds instead of early. But after I said that, I started thinking and I started watching some more Jalen Hurts. And I've obviously, we've all seen plenty of Jalen Hurts. He's been on Alabama and Oklahoma for the last four years. So he's been in the spotlight. But, you know, you watch him a little bit more. I'm going, you know, he might actually be Dak Prescott. Who, in hindsight, probably should have been picked in the first round. Yeah. So, if, you, if you're going to take a real swing in the draft this year, with the draft capital you have, which is not a first-round pick, certainly you're going to be drafting somebody who's risky. Jalen Hurts is risky. He, he actually has some traits that are similar to, some negative traits similar to Trubisky. His footwork is not perfect. He, once you get pressure, he, you know, his mechanics start to break down a little bit. Um, but every time I use the word risky, with Jalen Hurts, I remind myself, we're talking about one of the most decorated quarterbacks in college football this century who actually lifted up two programs. Yep. Alabama and Oklahoma, two blue bloods, lifted them up. That's the one thing. If you go back to Trubisky in North Carolina, that offense got worse that year. He looked fine. He looked like an NFL quarterback. But the offense took a step backwards after they was it Marquise Williams that quarterback yep. that was there ahead of him, who Trubisky was struggling to beat out. So when you talk about what Jalen Hurts did, sure Tua came in and took over the job. Tua Tungavailoa though is a different nice job. Well, I would hope I would have that correct by now. I don't have it. <laughs> you know, no, I'm just sticking with Tua. just Tua. Yes, but uh, and and that's one thing that Jake Fromm actually has on his side. He went up against Jacob Eason. Got hurt, though. Right. But Eason was a five-star quarterback, and Fromm took over that job to the point where Eason had to transfer. Then people forget Justin... By the way, Eason... Here's what I like about Jake Fromm. Eason committed to Georgia. Georgia was... He was already there. And Jake Fromm still said, I'm going there. Yeah. Even though a five-star quarterback looked like he was going to be a star, Fromm said, no, I'm going to go there anyway. And... He took the job and ran with it. When Justin Fields came in there, another five-star quarterback that a lot of Georgia fans thought would take over for Jake Fromm because Fromm wasn't the big-armed superstar. Which one of those guys transferred out? It was Fields, who's obviously really good. You saw him at Ohio State this year. That speaks a lot to what Fromm did, and if you're going to use that as a negative on Tua, or I'm sorry, on Jalen Hurts, fine, but I think the way that... Jalen Hurts handled that situation. Yes, and yes. by the way, I think that'll stick with teams. He also stepped up. People forget Tua got hurt later, and Jalen Hurts came in and yes. picked up that team again. Yes. And then he goes, here's the biggest reason why. Talk about a good teammate. Exactly. Dude, we're talking about high character, competitive work ethic, outstanding football IQ, who actually lifts up the players around him. Makes them better. I think that is just such a key point. And when you look at this resume, it almost feels like a do-over on passing on Deshaun Watson in some way. Yes. Like, it's all in front of you. Don't overthink it. This guy's just good. This guy is just... He can play. Certainly, he's not perfect. But I feel like Jalen Hurts, the more and more I look at this, is going to be a player at the next level. So if you're going to take a swing with the ammunition you have this year, this is the guy... 
I think I would go after. And another reason why I love it, the thing that impressed me the most in 2019 is this guy went from Alabama, more of a pro style. They like to run the football a ton, take pressure off the quarterback. Like you've seen guys like AJ McCarron, um, be a star. You know, there. be a star there when you know you see him. You go to the NFL. Who's the same guy? Uh, Greg McElroy is another example of that. Who didn't really make it too long in the NFL. Is now doing a pretty good job out of ESPN. But Hertz goes from that offense at Alabama to the Lincoln Riley system at Oklahoma, a high passing volume as a transfer comes in there, learns the entire offense, throws the ball a lot more this year. And had his best season. He got better this year in that situation. You know who has a high volume of plays that puts a lot on the quarterback? Matt Nagy. Yes. And the Chicago Bears. Yes. A lot of it's a lot of it's about the projection. Right? I the Bears clearly overshot the projection of Mitchell Trubisky. I think that's fair to say. It's not criticism, it's just fair when you look what he's done over his first three years. When I see Jacob Fromm. I see Andy Dalton, a guy who's in the conversation right now for the Bears. I, I think it's a great point. That may make yeah. him a second-round pick. That's fine. The quarterbacks are drafted differently than everybody else. It's a neat position for more than half the league. I understand that. Hurts strikes me as different. He may not up. He may not be up there with. I don't know. Your Tua's, your Herberts, even definitely not your Burrows. But I think in the second round, I believe he's now fair game. I believe he needs to be seriously considered. I think he did so well at the Combine that other teams above the Bears at 43 may seriously consider him. Again, just because of how it's drafted. The quarterbacks are drafted Mm -hmm. differently. There's a lot of intangibles to like. The projection of him will be different than Jacob Fromm. I think the projection will be greater, and I think there's more resources or more background you can look at it and like a Trubisky to make a more accurate projection as well. One thing I, I like your pick. Thank you. Uh, that's that makes one person. <laughs> uh, one thing I included in my mock draft. Uh, there was a good video um, of Jalen Hurts and Steve Mariucci at the combine. Uh, Steve Mariucci. He's done this before in past years. He basically draws up a play, then he flips the board over talks to the guy for a little bit, and then like maybe five, ten minutes later says, hey, can you drop that play we just went through? And Hertz did it perfectly. He kind of has some swagger, too, too yeah, as yeah, he's explaining yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, And you know what? That type of swagger, well, Trubisky has some of it. Again, to go from Alabama to Oklahoma, I think that will mean some things to some teams. Like that, That's going to really resonate with a lot of personnel people. And got better. Yes. In a passing attack that's more similar to what NFL offenses are doing these days. And I'll be honest, I was not on the Jalen Hurts train a couple months ago. I, I just wasn't. I've really come around to the idea of him being a day two option. When? It's for the teams to decide. But I like your pick. All right, so this is a good point. I'm gonna we'll get to a little bit more on the mock draft, but th- there was one question, and we are doing a Q and A today, that was a specific reaction 
uh, to the mock draft, and I think it's a good question for us to, to discuss. This is uh, from at Kyle Lanker on uh, Twitter. With picking Jalen Hurts in the second round, do you think this pressure would help or hurt Mitch? What would it take for fans to start calling for Hurts to start? Um, answer the second part first. Just drafting Jalen Hurts would call for Hurts. Yes, yes. I mean, yes. Yeah, it absolutely is a fallout of that and, and maybe a, a negative consequence. I don't know. But as soon as you make a draft pick like that, the calls for the backup are just going to grow yes, and grow yes. and grow. So here's the... There's a, there's, there was a lot of buzz about Andy Dalton and Case Keenum and the Bears at the combine. All right, I, I do think this quarterback fix is going to be a multiple swing process. So you have Trubisky, you're going to bring competition in for him. You have to make a move in free agency because the draft is more unpredictable than free agency. Whether it's Dalton, whether it's Keenum, neither are sexy to me, but at least it gives you someone with more starting experience than Chase Daniel. Guys who have done it, guys who have been there before. After that, like the real competition, I think can be found in the draft. Once you give yourself that option to not, you know, feel pressured to, to make a lot of moves in the draft because of that free agency pick, like, like then you can be a little bit more targeted and take your Jalen Hurts like you did at number fifty or at number forty three, whatever you want to do. I think it makes it very intriguing. That, like that pick, even if it comes in the third round. That could be perceived as a real competition for Mitch Trubisky. And again, but that's why I, I kind of opted here to to take a bigger swing at Jalen Hurts. Andy Dalton, Case like Case Keenum, Case Keenum. We already saw Mitch is better than Case Keenum. He he outplayed him in Washington this year. Yep. In a game that I didn't even think Mitch played that well. He was much better than Case Keenum. He was. So I just keep coming back to the idea the Bears are not going to find a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky in free agency. I just don't think they are. I think people are hung up on the Dalton idea, but everybody should realize that he was statistically worse than Mitch Trubisky last season. He really hasn't been good since like 2014. It's been a while. It's been a while. You're not... I still think the best... The best plan for this team both in 2020 and beyond to use that cap space you have on other parts of the roster making the players around the quarterback better and I say that the quarterback not just Trubisky because if you do draft somebody like Jalen Hurts and he ends up being the quarterback a year from now he needs those weapons too no matter who it is yep they need those weapons so I'm you know Spending money on Andy Dalton, who that would then take away from other areas you can improve, and Andy Dalton's not better than Mitch Trubisky. I just don't see the logic there. I I, I don't get it. Well, he's insurance. He's better insurance than Chase Daniel. Right, which is why I actually think I would... I would not trade for him, by the way. No, no. Yeah, that that, no. that needs to be thrown out. People need oh, to stop. Oh, you want a second round pick? Get out of here. People need to suggest yeah. that, that. That makes no yeah. sense. So yeah. you're going to uh, take on a $17 million salary and give up draft capital? No. Yeah, yeah. Zach Taylor, get out of here. Uh, let me be clear. <laughs> Nobody's going to do that. No. The Bengals have to cut him. Yes. They have to cut him. He's too expensive and not good enough. They have to cut him. So stop talking about trading for Andy Dalton. It's ridiculous. Yes. Um, 
It's ridiculous. Well said. It, it just is. It's a, I, I keep hearing that and seeing it. Just stop it. It's, 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 it doesn't make sense. All right. A um, couple other picks here. Uh, Quintez Cephas, Wisconsin, fourth round. I had to get my annual Wisconsin guy. Yeah, there you go. I actually really do love Quintez Cephas. He's, look, Wisconsin doesn't have a ton of NFL wide receivers coming around. It's not exactly a place recruits uh, want to build their NFL resumes, considering the quarterbacks are never outstanding. But um, this kid, from the moment he came on campus, you saw him, you're like, oh, he's an NFL player. Now, why would he still be here the fourth round? Well, first of all, he ran a really slow 4-7-3 oh. at the combine that I really caught me off guard. But yuck! You just got to trust me on this. He plays faster than he obviously timed. Well, I hope combine. so. Yeah, he's got some long. He's not extremely Sounds twitchy. Like somebody's beating some cheese curds. He also benched twenty three, blowing away the wide receiver. I don't care what a wide receiver well, benches. That's fair. That's fair. But he's strong versus press coverage. Okay, he is. All right. Here's the story on Cephas, though. Why would he still be available here other than the four seven three? Um, He's got to answer questions because he missed the entire 2018 season because of sexual assault charges. This was a, a pretty well-publicized trial locally in Wisconsin. Now, this actually went to trial, and he was acquitted after 45 minutes of deliberations. A rare case where you know most guys, they get charged with sexual assault, like they end up transferring if they ever play again. All I can say here is I've had some inside information on this from the beginning. This happened in April 2018, and it was communicated very, very early on that the evidence just wasn't there. Okay, Now, I'm always careful with this stuff because it's an it's extremely touchy subject, and you never... I don't cover Wisconsin. There was really no... But I've, I've had information on this for a while. And let me just say, when this went to trial was always communicated to me it would never be found guilty that's exactly how this played out so you can go out and do the research on this if you want there's plenty it's all over the newspapers in wisconsin um the two stories in the trial were very very different took 45 minutes of deliberations quintess cfest was acquitted those are just the facts no opinions in there just all the facts that happened so he's got to answer questions about that but it's also very noticeable that the University of Wisconsin pretty quickly reinstated him into the school, too. Because there's two different investigations going on. There was the the you know the law the legal one and then the school one. And anyway, Cephas rejoined the Badgers right before the start of the twenty nineteen season, and it was like he hadn't missed a day. From from day one, he was immediately the best receiver again, looked like an NFL player, had a year of eligibility left and decided to go to the NFL. So I think he's a good player. There's no question that with all that background I just gave, that this would be a pick that would probably require sign-off from ownership yep, above. Yep. Um, whether or not the Bears want to do that, I don't know. That's up to every team to decide. But this is an NFL player. And I think this late in the fourth round, you'd be getting some value here. I, I do think that there... Well, I know there are certain players that are just automatically removed from the Bears board. I'm not saying it'll happen to this guy, but that just that's just how it happens. They, they've built this process, built on character. They look for certain character traits on and off the field. It's how they rate their board. You know, get, they give like these guys these little bears helmets. It's, it's how they want to evaluate players for their team. 
I don't know where this guy would fit. I know Matt Nagy comes from the Andy Reid system where guys are given second chances. Tyree Kill is an obvious example. We'll see. You know, people, This is, I'm completely going to pivot here, but I think it's a great point to bring up Jameis Winston. Like you said, like having to go to ownership to sign off on a guy. Mm-hmm. Jameis Winston still fits that boat. Yeah. He really does. Are you still taking number one overall? Yes, yes. Now he'll get a second chance. I don't know if it's going to be with the Bucks. He'll get his money somewhere. But By Lovey Smith, by the way. True. True that. It's where we are. But I, I do think, just in terms of playmakers, Chris Ballard said something very interesting, just to go back to your pick, you know, especially in the mid-rounds, that they're always looking for guys that bring explosiveness, that bring something electric qualities. And he got that from Kansas City. You know Matt Nagy thinks the same. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to leave the rest. We don't have to go through every pick here, but I did want to bring up Raekwon Williams in the sixth round. Um, I actually thought this guy would go earlier, but you know, this is based on conversations I had last week. There's a lot of doubt that he's not going to be anything more than a backup. He's a Chicago kid too, right? He yep. is a DePaul College prep, formerly Gordon Tech. Chicago Catholic League shout out there. Yep. Um, there's another guy. Michigan State raves about him. His makeup. Um, the story, uh, Jeffrey Chadia wrote a story on, uh, at, at, and I think it was on the NFL Network's website. Um, but Raekwon Williams had a brother and a cousin gunned down in Chicago while he was at Michigan State. So relatively recently on the West Side, two separate incidents. And apparently was like thinking about quitting football, coming back home. Everyone around him, his sports support system said, no, you're doing good things. You support your family by getting your degree, chasing your NFL dreams. And, you know, by all accounts, those incidents just made him stronger. He eventually became a team captain. And I I don't know. This is this is definitely one of those where, like, the idea of Raekwon Williams coming back to Chicago and doing great things on and off the field should be appealing to the Bears. And I actually think he's a good player. Like, he he has good length. I like his hands. The The knock on him is like he doesn't play low enough, doesn't create enough leverage. But, man, the Bears have one of the best defensive yep. line coaches in the league in Jay Rogers. And I just feel like with his physical traits, you get Raekwon Williams in Chicago, he's going to develop him into a player within a year or two. If there's one thing the Bears do really well, it's ID defensive linemen and then develop those defensive linemen. Whether it's signing Akeem Hicks and making him an All Pro, you know um, Eddie Goldman in the second round, Roy Robertson Harris taking an outside linebacker at UTEP and turning him into a defensive tackle, Nick Williams was he second on the Bears with seven sacks, six sacks this year? And by the way, give Rogers credit for that too. He's not a scout, but he's Bilal Nichols developed a pretty good track record here for identifying talent too. That the Bears trust him. Yes. Yes. It's one thing they do really well. ID, defensive line tack, talent, and then develop it. So, All right. That's all for the mock draft. You can read the whole thing at WGNRadio.com uh, and get angry and then send me tweets about how angry you are about it. That's fine. I'm used to that. All right. So we get to some other questions. Yep. I got a question on Twitter here from Christian. My question is, I disagree with all the picks in that draft. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not a question. 
Steaming. All of them. Yes, all, all. And he said he got it out of the way for everyone. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think someone else said um, another sucky mock draft. I've never, I've never, I've been doing this for 10 years. I've never written one that wasn't sucky. Yes, yes. So I, I do love the, the seriousness in which people do take these. It's so angry. Some, some, sometimes too much, but everybody loves, the draft is its own media now. Oh yeah. Yes, and you know experts are, are experts in this whatever, but so I love it. I just wanted to bring that up to you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. So uh still waiting for a question though. All right, <laughs> real question here from Daryl Conrad. Ryan Pace has been pretty much a failure at evaluating the tight end position. Deion Sims, Trey Burton, Adam Shaheen have all been poor investments. Why should the why should Bears fans have any faith in his ability to find values in free agency at tight end? Uh, See, can I, I don't think Trey Burton was a bad signing. Did you have to overpay for him and make him the, I think, the most highly paid tight end of that year? Yeah, because you don't really have much to go on. Right? Like, you're in that spot because... You need him, so you got to overpay for him. You always overpay him for him. But also, what I liked about that signing was that they were paying for future projection. Yeah, well, yeah. Rather than past production. Because yes. that's the fool's gold of free agency when you overpay for past production. They identified a player that they thought was being underutilized in Philadelphia in a similar scheme and thought he could be unlocked in Chicago as a starter, and they paid him that way. It's risky. But it's frankly just as risky as paying somebody for the past production because yes. you almost always end up overpaying. And I would argue that Trey Burton was actually doing a fine job. It was a good signing until this groin thing popped up. And unfortunately, it was terrible timing with the playoff game. The timing, I feel like, sticks with people. People are upset about it. It sucked. He missed the playoff game against his former team, and their entire game plan changed. Yep. It sucked. And then he got hurt and hurt and hurt again. Last year, I understand it, but but I think if you actually pay attention to how much the game plan changed and how the Eagles adjusted in that game and how much it hurt the Bears last year, you're you're actually kind of being hypocritical and saying he's just a bust or a bad signing because the truth is he's actually a very important player. Yes, yes. that unlocks Tariq Cohen, that unlocks other players. Is he a top tier tight end? No, no, that that belongs to Ertz Kittle. And Travis Kelsey. But he's still an effective adjuster yes. in Matt Nagy's offense, which is the term they use for that spot. So, um, hey, look, it all matters. And if a guy ends up being hurt to the point that he can't play, then unfortunately, at the end of the day, it may come down as a bad signing. But I think the logic was there in the signing. I think actually the production and evidence there that it was a good signing was there until he got hurt. So, yes. you know, it, there is a scenario where if they actually do have this thing corrected now, Trey Burton's a solid player in yeah, 2020. Yeah. Now, if I'm the Bears, I still wouldn't trust him. Yeah, I wouldn't count on that happening. I'm not sure what type of options are there for you beyond overpaying for an Austin Hooper or you know, trying to get Hunter Henry out of there. Or That's maybe. why I go to the draft again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they know more about the medical situation with Trey Burton than anybody. But if they feel like he's actually going to play this year and be healthy again, you can't trust it fully. But I'm not sure I'd go out and pay $12 million for Austin Hooper then. Yes. You, you just need, I may use a second-round pick on a tight end, though. You, you just need a little bit more than 
your top back, top backups. And look, Jesper Horsett could develop into something. He could. Who knows? You know, Trey Burton was an undrafted guy. Who knows? It happens all the year. There's a lot of it's a high percentage high percentage of undrafted guys playing in the league. Some of them playing quite well. So I wouldn't completely rule them out. But I just think taking a tight end would really bolster a position beyond your Ben Bronickers of the world. That's all I'm saying. All right, a couple quick more uh, quick questions here. At Chad Vonk on Twitter, is Trevathan or Kwiatkowski more likely to return? That Kwiatkowski market could be quite robust. I actually addressed this in my uh, post-combine takeaways last week. I have, If I had to pick between the two who's more likely to return, I actually would go to Trevathan. Yes. yes. I, I think Kwiatkowski, you talk about paying for past production versus projection. Kwiatkowski is going to be a guy that they look like some team's going to be like, hasn't played enough in Chicago, should play more. We make him a starter. He's going to play like a starter going forward, which is actually what he did this year once yes, he took over yes, the starting yes. job. Where Trevathan's 30, has some injury history. I have a feeling he's going to hit the market, not get what he was looking for, and may realize that his best option is to stay in this defense in Chicago with the, the system he knows and the place where he's had a ton of success the last few yes, years. I, I see Kwiatkowski's situation just like Adrian Amos. A good player, but you can't pay them all. And if someone's coming to the table with some serious money just like the Packers did, heck, it could be the Packers again for Kwiatkowski. You're going to lose them. And it could get you a comp pick next yes, year. Yes. You hear some of the buzz like Joe Schobert and Blake Martinez, they're looking for something in like the $10 million range. Yeah. Now that's insane. That's insane, but that's the type of money that they're talking about on free agency right now. A lot of these teams have a lot of cap space, and they need starters. Kukowski's a starter for some of these teams. A couple names, by the way, that I would keep an eye on in Green Bay. Nick Kukowski and Joe Schobert. My turn for a question? Yeah, I got another one, though. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Peter Shaw. I like this question. Given this specific roster, how would you value future capital versus needs for 2020. Example, should Pace push all the chips in or build with uh, 2020 beyond 2020 in mind? Quarterback comes to mind, but not exclusively. Well, I think Pace always operates with a long-term view on things, but let's talk about the reality here, too. He's got two years left on his deal. The Bears went 12-4 and four and then fell to 8-8. Eight and eight. There's a lot of questions about the quarterback you traded up to get. That said, they do still love him at Hallis Hall. But I feel like there's going to be some moves made with urgency. An urgent move would be signing Austin Cooper for $10 bucks, but I don't think the Bears can really fit that and make it work. And that's probably bad business going forward. Well, with what you just brought up in mind, I still think the way that this, this franchise operates... As long as you don't have a tire fire develop, I think Ryan Pace will be safe beyond this season. Now, it does create an interesting situation about a contract extension, but unless the wheels completely fall off here, they can improve on 8-8. Eight eight. They, can, they can be in the conversation. So, what this has to do with the question specifically I think keeping the long-term view in mind, and I would never push, I would never operate like a team that needs to push all the chips in unless I knew I had that guy at quarterback. 
that I can always depend on. That if things get weaker around him, that dude's always going to step up yeah. and make plays. The Bears don't have that yeah. right now. Yeah. They thought they, they went all in in 2018. Let's be honest with the yeah. Cleo Mack trade. Yeah. Like they 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 made their moves to show their all-in willingness. Now, you know, they're they're going back to the banker and they're catching and up yes. on all the, the picks they gave up. Yes. You know, that's it's there's no question that that's hindered them a little bit. So, I think they need to be careful about trading too many more assets here. Um, I would continue to have the bigger picture in mind. Yes. Like if I'm trading for a tight end, it's got to be a young one on the verge of a second contract, but with one year left on his rookie deal. And I'm only giving up a pick like in 2021. Nothing more than a mid-round pick. I think that's safe business. Okay. Which doesn't necessarily get you a whole lot. No, but if you trust Trey Burton coming back, Mm -hmm. and you may draft one, it's not a bad avenue to take. All right, got anything else? Yes, yes. You want to do a couple more? Or you want to get out of here? No, we can do a couple more. Okay, hold on. I lost my spot on Twitter. You go. Bummer. No, those were all the ones I had. That's it? You had a bunch. That was like four. Yeah, but I specifically singled out the best ones. Okay, okay. Here's one for you. Which Marvel character would have mm. the biggest impact by joining the Bears? This is from Greg on Twitter. Wow. This is directed towards you, my friend. <sighs> what have you learned? Well, um, see, like Ant-Man would be unblockable, <laughs> but... So would Hulk. if he's running routes, how's the quarterback going to see him? Yes, you know what I mean. Like, how do you throw that ball? It's hard to be accurate if you can't see the guy. Um, Hulk, I got an answer. I mean, Hulk would would bring like refrigerator William Perry to a whole new level. You just hand the ball off. Yes, yes. Here's one, I, and this is almost like a serious answer. Okay, I'm going to go Tony Stark. Yeah, because if you look back at the history of the best Bears teams, they were creative. They were innovative, and they had some genius-like coaches helping spur on what they were. Buddy Ryan, George Allen, those were the last two championship teams. Even George Hallis has a history of innovation. Clark Shaughnessy's of the world. They need some innovation right now. I just don't. Tony Stark. <laughs> Iron Man. You know, I just don't know that his, his uh, pads would be legal. Oh. You know. <laughs> Although, I mean, you want to talk about player safety and stopping concussions and whatever he's got on his head. Yeah. He sure seems to help him because he's getting banged around all the time. Yes. Yes. And he brings a lot of money to the table. That's true. Maybe Tony Stark should be the new owner of the Bears. Ooh. Tony Stark's not real, though. No, he's not. And the the Bears aren't for sale. (laughs) (laughs) So... There it goes. Where are you on your Marvel Odyssey? Uh, I haven't watched one in a couple of weeks. Oh, God, you know, this, Where were you? Were you busy or this something? This thing called work started to happen oh, again. Yeah. yeah um, excuses, excuses. What was like, the what? last one? I watched... I don't even remember. I watched Ant-Man. I feel like there was one after that. Oh, the Spider-Man. The first Spider-Man. That's fine. I think Doctor Strange is next. Yeah, it's okay. What did you think of the first Spider-Man? 
Uh, it was good. I mean, it was like totally different. I mean, they're also, I think that's a, actually a good thing. Like, they're all different enough. Yes. Like, Spider Man almost felt like a high school movie. Yes. Well, because he's you know, in high school. Spider Man's the most popular comic book character of all time, I believe. Yeah. Even beating out Batman. I've never been a huge Spider Man guy. I'd probably go towards Batman more. Okay. But I like it both. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, anything else? No, that's it, my friend. Okay. Actually, I need to quickly, let me bring this up, give a shout out to one of our listeners. I think he's interacted with us many times on Kyle Higgins. Yes. He's actually a Marvel writer. Yes. That listens to our podcast and um, is actually um, our friend Lawrence Holmes that texted me the other day. That was saying he was saying hi, and we need to read a Civil War book. Ooh, so we'll have to look. To, we'll have to look for that. Okay, but I know Kyle listens to this podcast, and he does outstanding work too. So I just wanted to give him a shout out yes, real quick does. and say thanks for listening to our podcast. And I probably sound like an idiot when I'm talking about all these MCU <laughs> movies. <laughs> Your first, but that hey, look, Your I, first go to to add to the Bears is Ant Man. No, I was the first one I I crossed off. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, how's Mitch Trubisky going to throw a pass to a guy you can't see? What? You, what? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. But he can also grow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, let's get out of here. Good stuff. We're getting closer and closer to free agency here. And the CBA still hanging in the balance. Yeah, too. that'll probably get resolved. This so week, many maybe. people were optimistic it was a good get done in Indianapolis. I wasn't. Well, I didn't. I'm glad the players are making a stand. It kind of did get done, but the vote takes a couple weeks. Yeah. I still think it's going to pass. Yeah. It's just too many guys. Wait, you want us to churn down money and sit out a year? To not play the game we want to play. Like, I'm talking about the young players yes, in the game. They don't yeah. make it. Like, that's yeah. just not appealing. It's between the haves and have-nots. It's And there's way more that have not right now. Yes. So, it's still going to pass. Actually, Nate Soldier, the uh, Giants tackle and player rep for New York Giants, had a really good perspective on that. And he said, like, those are the majority of the guys I'm fighting for. Yeah. So, I'm voting yes. Yes. So, that's just another thing. All right. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. If you're coming out to the Fight for Air Climb Sunday, let us know. We'll see you there. Talk to you later. See ya. And that's the facts. That's that's 100% truth.